is Free Talk Live. You can take control of these airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line joining you here tonight. It's Ian, JJ, and Mark. And we invite you over to our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the various features that await you there. Unlike those other talk show hosts, you'll find that the website freetalklive.com is completely free. So enjoy those features on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. We've got a lot to uh, talk about on the plate here tonight, including news, apparently, claim coming from Anonymous uh, that the internet will be shut down. Am I hearing this right, Mark? Yeah. Tell Um, me more about this, because this is a huge claim. But Anonymous... You know, they they seem to be pretty good at coming through on what they say they're going to do. I mean, but prior to this point, they've really only targeted certain websites to take them down. The idea of taking down the Internet as a whole seems pretty unbelievable. I mean, can they really pull this one off? Couldn't anybody claim to be anonymous and then make anonymous look silly by making some silly claim? I suppose, but there are certain channels uh, through which anonymous communicates that... You know they they are what's, established. What's the point? Is there is there a point stated as to why they're going to shut the internet down or SOPA, SOPA to make a point about SOPA saying that, you know, SOPA will basically shut down the internet. Which, I guess that's, I'm, I'm not exactly idea? certain what the, the well wasn't SOPA defeated and then the idea is they're going to bring it back quietly in some other I'm piece of legislation. That's the case actually, there's uh there's some talk uh, on the internet about some ISPs doing some of the backdoor SOPA stuff. Uh, at the end of uh, either next month or this month or something like that. Oh boy. I'll, I'll try to find some more information. So where's this coming from, Mark, this claim from Anonymous? Well, it's all over the Internet. All you have to do is search for it. But uh, MobileDia.com, hackers threatened to shut down the Internet on Saturday, signaling the hacktivist group's growing ambitions despite increasing pressure from authorities. Anonymous is organizing Operation Global Blackout in retaliation to the recent arrests of hackers and the threat of Internet legislation through SOPA. The operation would target domain name service, that's DNS, Mm -hmm. by attacking, it says right here, I don't know that actually, uh, by attacking root servers, disabling access to any and all websites. Hmm. The threat could be just that, or anonymous hackers may only be able be capable of uh, shutting down internet service on a smaller scale. I don't. What's that smaller scale mean? Different localities? I, I, yeah, or? it have to be with different markets or different segments of the internet itself. Like, well, right. Each uh, each internet service provider has their own DNS records. Sure. Uh, now they all come from some. It propagates. So, like for instance, if you go and uh, Mark will tell you have your own website. You put your website online, and then you decide you want to change servers to a different server. Well, mm-hmm. that information has to propagate out across all the different DNS servers. And DNS is basically the phone book for the Internet. Uh, it's it's the lookup service, domain name system or domain service. name service or something. And essentially what happens is when you put in freetalklive.com into your web browser, your web browser queries the DNS server that it's assigned to. Usually it's with your internet service provider, but uh, here here locally we use OpenDNS, which you can change your DNS server if you want to. And so it queries the DNS provider that you have, and it says basically it says, hey, where do I find this website? And the DNS comes back and says, well, you have to go to 69.179. You know, gives you yeah. the IP address of the site. And then once your web browser has that information, I mean, this all happens in a fraction of a second, but once uh, the web browser has the numeric code that it needs to get to your site, it can then get there. So How if DNS get- is down, you can't access any websites unless you have the IP address. How does one get that thing? I mean, you get you'd- what thing? 
thing. That IP address. Why does why don't why doesn't that show up in the address bar when you're looking at stuff? Well, it if you look into the options or if you look into various different views of the internet, right clicking and and sort of looking at preferences, uh, not preferences, but you can look into it and you can find it. Um, and and that's the point that that is crucial is that the internet is still working. You if you had the IP address and the gateway, you can go uh, into True. that you know website and uh, at navigator whatever but uh, so it's, it's sort of weird that it's all hitched on the name now our ip address is usually static do they normally remain the same for a website that's you know serious yeah you'd want a static ip address so isn't there a way that you could just have a cookie on someone's computer that if they can't get to the dns then that just uses this ip address probably i don't know enough about cookies to be able to answer that question for sure but you are correct jj in that if you have the ip address of the website you would like to visit you should still be able to pull it up even if DNS goes down. Uh, but for the most part, this is going to take out, if they are successful in doing what they're saying they're going to do, and I'm, no, I'm not technically uh, adept enough to really understand what they're saying. They said they're going after the root DNS or something like well, that? It says going after the, the DNS. Security experts say the group is likely to be able to attack DNS at a targeted local scale if it can pull it off at all. But whatever the result on March 31st, Saturday, the attempts show the world anonymous, fueled by ethical and moral ambitions, isn't going away despite pushback from international governments. To protest SOPA, Wall Street, or irresponsible leaders and the beloved bankers who are starving the world for their own selfish needs out of sheer sadistic fun on March 31st, Anonymous will shut down the Internet. Now, the board operator says this is a big April Fool's prank. Ah, that would be good. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know if that means it's an April Fool's prank in that they are actually going to take down some DNS servers or that they're just saying they're going to. All, what, I think that's likely what the big uh, the, the prank is. Because I'm sorry, it is, it's April Fool's, right? Yes. April. Yeah. yeah. Not April's Fool? April, April, it it April's Fool or April, April, Fool. April Fool's. April Fool's. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, there are. I looked this up beforehand, and it was just Google results were just down the page. So it's a successful one, if nothing else. But I mean, this is a good joke from Anonymous, if that's the case. Well, I don't know. That's just what the board op says. I don't know what what the actual status of the joke. Is. Like if the joke will actually be pulled off in some some places. Because in theory, they could do this, right? They could shut down some DNS servers. Sure, I, I don't see why anonymous. What I, anonymous is usually uh, touting communication and the ability to connect and connectivity. So they're usually fighting for that aspect. True. And it's sort of hypocritical to yeah. That's what I kind of thought too. I kind of thought you know them giving what it Shut didn't down the seem internet. like something they that's would not going to make a lot of friends. I mean, right. for God's sakes, I have broccoli to sell on Farmville. Right. What? <laughs> you play Farmville? I don't play Farmville, no. But I know that there are games. a lot of people that do. You play one of those games. Which one do you play? The King's Castle or something like Castle that? Age, Castle Age. I have played, but I'm you know really not playing that yeah, anymore. Yeah, you got to stop asking for my help, man. I don't play those games. <laughs> I'm not asking for I'm your help. I'm just kidding. When you say you've stopped playing, do you mean like for the last 10 minutes you've stopped playing? <laughs> right. I'm not playing at this moment. <laughs> right. Okay. Just checking. Wow. Uh, so, all right. So is this really a Because jo- I agree with you. When I heard this, I was shocked. Like, wow, Anonymous normally targeting big corporate corporations normally targeting the government um i thought maybe they were just doing it to show their their power you know look what we can do we are anonymous we are legion uh so hopefully the internet won't shut down come saturday and this is all a big joke uh further from the quote is remember this is a protest we are not trying to kill the internet we are only temporarily shutting it down where it hurts the most 
Anonymous has successfully hacked into a variety of sites, from local police stations to government websites to the Vatican, but it also made threats to it never followed through on, like when it called off an attack on a drug cartel after facing retaliation. So... You know, <laughs> the drug cartel, they, they were a little too, little too scary for Anonymous to take on. Threats, however, continue with more um, interactive targets. The FBI and global security agencies are watching Anonymous closely. A widespread Internet shutdown would mark a historic digital attack. Also, the National Security Agency warns against attack on the U.S. power grid composed of millions of miles of unprotected lines. The FBI continually pursues the, the group that, with Director Mueller... Uh, b- b- telling Congress agents charged 16 people in more than 10 states in connection to the anonymous investigation caused by anonymous or otherwise internet shutdowns could leave citizens cities citizens powerless like the government fueled shutdown in Egypt amid Arab spring protests anonymous may speak of internet freedom against uh, government control but shutting down the internet they're disabling the same base they aim to protect and I would think so I think this would make people angry sure uh, more than than happy with them whether Anonymous pulls off Operation Global Blackout or not, they may depend on the success of thousands of worldwide hackers. As more power um, heighten their attention to hackers and their potential to take out viral services, more retaliation on both sides is expected as the digital world becomes the next frontier for social and political paddles. The toll-free number here tonight, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. And still to come here uh, tonight... Some TSA agents, uh, really bad behavior from multiple different aspects. We'll explain. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your super tuck at crossbreedholsters.com. Again, that's crossbreedholsters.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want via the toll-free number. 855-453 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We invite you over there to enjoy the various features, including our Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see them. Uh, that's And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Once again, over at shrine.freetalklive.com. If you're looking for gold and or silver, you can find them and get great prices over at silver.freetalklive.com. We've got hand-picked gold and silver pieces from our friends over at Midas Resources. Now, Midas is the company that is behind uh, the, the corporation that sends Free Talk Live out to the various different radio stations out there. Genesis Communications Network is the syndicate, and Midas owns that syndicate so when you buy your gold and silver through midas you're helping free talk live at the same time Uh, so it's a great way to get the gold and silver you're looking for into your possession because you don't want to buy gold without actually having it sent to you Uh, you want to have have it in your possession put it somewhere that's safe that you only you know about 
uh, you can Midas can help you with that. So just go to gold.freetalklive.com or silver.freetalklive.com. Both take you to the same place and order as much as you'd like. The more you get, the better the shipping deal. So you know if you can't afford gold, uh, I go with silver because it's much more affordable. You can get more of it, and I think it'll be. be I think silver is going to be more useful into the future anyway some experts are predicting silvers uh to to go up up, you know as a percentage higher than gold anyway silver.freetalklive.com let's go to phil listening in oklahoma city phil you're on free talk live with ian jj and mark yeah hi guys um you know that when you guys talk about technology it kind of it gets me uh curious and kind of excited to talk about it a couple of things uh the anonymous attack uh Somebody, uh, when they decided to go uh, through in preparation of this attack, they didn't really know that they were actually going to be biting more off than they could chew. Uh, they were under the impression that there was only 16 DNS root servers throughout the world. And unfortunately for them, that's not completely true. There are 16 uh, routable DNS uh, servers that you can get to by the web, but there are over 200 servers worldwide. And to lobby lobby an attack that would cripple uh, the internet completely is highly unlikely. You may uh, you may cause some routing issues and you may cause bottlenecking, but you're not going to shut it down. That's number one. Uh, number two, I believe, uh, is it Dale, your guest this week. No, it's uh, JJ. Uh, JJ's here. Oh, JJ, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, you were talking about uh, the, something that's coming up uh, really soon about the ISPs uh, working in tandem with uh, the lobby groups, and that will start on July 1st. Um, that's right. The, uh, happen, the Electronic Fr- uh, Frontier Foundation, the EFF, has a, uh, a blog post about it on their website, if you're interested. Right, right. Um, things have, uh, they first said it was going to be on July 12th, and then... They, they turned around and changed. It was July 1st. Um, one of the scary things about what's going to happen on July 1st is, yes, the, the ISPs are going to cooperate with the, with the lobby groups. The, uh, uh, from what I understand, what, what's going to happen is that the lobby groups are going to come up with uh, some IP addresses, and they're going to turn it over to the ISPs to handle uh, by sending out notices. And then after a while, after the notices don't work, then they're just going to shut off uh, your access to the Internet. One but second. I worry could you, about this from a... Could you explain lobby groups for a second? What do you mean by that? Lobbying, lobbying groups like uh, the RIAA is considered okay. a lobby group for the music industry. Right. MPAA is the lobby group for the Motion Picture Association. Um, uh, they, they represent the, the, the movie... Uh, the movie uh, um, conglomerate. Right, so you're saying that the RIAA and the MPAA have gotten voluntary uh, compliance from the Internet service providers to send to do the their bidding? Have, have complied. Yeah, the big ones like uh, AT&T, for instance, Time Warner, Comcast, Verizon, they all kind of just did a, a gentleman's handshake deal. Um, and, and like I, like I was going to explain, the one thing that scares me about this is technically right now the ISPs are protected by the uh, Safe Harbor uh, Act, uh, in, embedded in the DMCA that really uh, does not uh, make them liable for anything that the users post. But the minute they start to uh, enforce uh, moderation of any kind, then they're out of a favor with the Sa- uh, Safe Harbor Act, and they could be held liable for copyright infringement. So I'm wondering if maybe the lobby groups uh, con their way into getting these ISPs to agree to become liable so they so that instead of going after the individual user uh, for copyright infringement and getting like anywhere from 
20000 to $90,000 a song, that they can go right after the ISP themselves. I don't understand what you off. said about how it is that the ISP can be held liable for the actions of their users. How, how is that again? The, the, okay, the previous legislation that has been passed basically exempted liability for for uh, internet service providers. So, like, if you ran one and I was your user, anything that I post on uh, from your service, you're not going to be held responsible sure. for. It. It's all on me. Okay? Well, wh- what this agreement essentially does is it makes the ISPs moder- monitor and moderate their service, which... Why would they get into an agreement like that? I don't know. Are all their attorneys sleeping? I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Again, I wasn't a fly on the wall, but I'm I'm just looking at this from what I've read. And if if what I've read is to be uh, what actually happens, then, yeah, then the the, the lobby groups have pretty much uh, got a big victory over the ISPs. Because now they don't have to go after the users. They can go after the ISP. Where would I find more information about that? Because it doesn't make a lick of sense as to why the ISPs um, would net, take that liability CNET has on. covered, um, CNET has covered uh, extensively on it, mm-hmm. uh, PC Mag, just pretty much any technology blog or news site would have what they, their interpretation of what all this means. Again, this is all uh, based on verbiage that we're all looking at and trying to interpret. Uh, what, you know, and like you guys were saying last night, you know, just because. Uh, it's worded a simple uh, uh, one way. If you put three lawyers in the room, they all would have different interpretations. Sure. But we we caution, uh, being a technology lover myself, uh, we caution on the error of, of the worst case scenario. And the worst case scenario would be the, the ISPs doing the bidding for That's the, terrible. the lobby groups. I found the and news here, course, uh, according to CNET, and I'll look into that here in a moment. Anything else you want to say about this, Phil? Uh, not about this, but can I uh, ask you a question, Ian, real quick? Sure. Okay, uh, I know you guys talked a little bit about the, the Martin case last night. Something new came out, uh, the Miami Herald basically suggested that the uh, police department is threatening to throw the press into jail for asking questions off the clock. And I know that you uh-huh. had some... Uh, off the clock? Off the clock? Off the clock, meaning that after hours, uh, they, the, the police officers will go in, they were, they're threatening to throw the press in jail... Um, if they dare and ask a question off the clock, it's a, it's that is on the uh, Miami Herald website. Wow. Just came out Me- meaning, like today. if the police chief is not on the clock, that he can't be asked a question. Right, that's that's uh, basically the the uh, insinuation. Yes, and yeah, I, it wouldn't I surprise me. I, that's what they've done to to me and the other some of the other activists here in the Keene area because we were asking uh, government bureaucrats questions as they were walking from and to their cars in the local courthouse parking lot. We were all threatened with arrest for trespass, and I was uh, subsequently arrested uh, along with uh, Kelly and Derek uh, for trespassing in that uh, that that same building. So, yeah, they, they called it uh, persistent harassment, although we were never charged with or convicted of harassment. We were just trying to engage in being the free press, and clearly that's all a big joke. Hey, thanks, Phil, for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. We'll look more into this ISP cop thing here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. 
is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We've got news updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via email, Twitter, or Facebook. It's all there and free at news.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for the free daily dispatch. It's freedomsphoenix.com. All right, so we'll continue with your phone calls and then coming up, talk more about the Internet service providers allegedly becoming the cops for copyright law. Let's go first, though, to Josh, listen, uh, listening in Brooklyn. Josh, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. Hi, good evening. Hey, Josh. How what's are on you? Your, well, what's on your mind? Good. I'm listening usually online. It's my first time I'm talking because I have a, I have a crazy story with that in the past two days. All right. Listen, it's a crazy. I bought a bicycle, actually, like a bicycle. I don't have a problem with the store, but the store, I have, I have a problem with the police, probably. Why? Because what happened is, actually, I bought a bicycle two days ago. Yesterday, I rode a bicycle on the, pass- on, the, on the people's side, I mean, the people are walking on the passenger side. So a police officer stopped me and gave me a ticket. Okay? So you're riding, I'm sorry, just to clarify, you're in, are you in New York City? N- yes, okay, I'm Brooklyn. in Brooklyn. Gotcha. So you're riding in a special area that's, uh, that's, I'm a little yeah, confused. Tell me there's a law in Brooklyn. You are not allowed to have a bicycle riding on the passenger side. You have to ride on the street. It means you have to get killed if a car comes. You have right. to ride on the street. There's no any extra place you should ride. So you when you say ride, ride on, on the, the passenger side, you mean ride, you can't ride. I'm still Are you on the you sidewalk or are you on the I road? Got a ticket. This ticket is a crazy ticket. You have to show up in court. Like I did the most important thing, but that's not really the issue I'm calling. Well, hang that on a second. Like are you riding? Were you talking about you're riding on the sidewalk? I have to. I'm not allowed to ride on the sidewalk. I never heard of this law. They told me there's a law. If you ride on the sidewalk, you're getting a ticket. But that's what you were riding on, and that's what they ticketed you for. Say one more time. But you were allegedly riding on the sidewalk, and that's why you got the ticket. Correct. Got it. Okay. He gave me a ticket. He says, you know what, right now, actually, I'm talking to you. I see another five people walking on the sidewalk, and nobody gives him a ticket at all. Walking on and the sidewalk? I spoke to other different police officers. They told me it's unusual to get even a ticket. But nothing. He just stopped me. He gave me a ticket. Well, it is New York City, and they can ticket you for almost everything there. I mean, there have been people Correct. that... Correct. And yeah. well, I'm not calling right now for that. Really, well, I'm really talking that what's crazy what happened today. Today, I decided I don't want to get another ticket. I would go right tight on the, on the street. I've been really careful. Now I really go really on the middle of the street. Normal. Why can you know? What happened is a truck came and hit my older bicycle. He hit my older bicycle and looked at the, the, the catch over here. It didn't stop. He put all the bicycle on the floor and the computer was on my bicycle. I obviously got scratched. He ran away. So you, you were hit and run by a truck work. driver? Just to clarify, it's a little hard to understand. I don't, you know, don't, uh, it's a little hard to understand what you're saying. So just to clarify, you were hit and run by a truck driver while on your bike today. 
Correct, but Good. I've been driving today this, to this afternoon on the street because I've been afraid that I will get another ticket, right? Right. A truck drive, a truck, a big truck came. It's my old bicycle, the expensive new bicycle just bought it two days ago. Now, whose fault is it? It's the police. He asked me I should go on the street. What happened is if you go on the street, you can get killed. I'm lucky I didn't get killed. And you nearly got killed today by a, a truck that hit you is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm lucky yeah. I didn't get killed. Only the bicycle. This was really special. Only the bicycle. Right. And all, it's a big loss. And I go back to the store. The, the, sure. To prepare the bicycle is more expensive than to buy a new one. Sure. Right. And, it's crazy. So what do you think? Which part is that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, obviously... A lot of places have laws against riding uh, bicycles on sidewalks. And got I them here in Keene. I can see why they, they have them. I get it. At the no, same time, one would be crazy to ride. There should not be even a law that we should say you have to drive on the sidewalk. And you say you should not allow you should drive on the street. What do you mean you should drive on the street? Where on the street? Right. I, I, at the same... Every person needs to have a place, right? Okay, you tell me now the sidewalk, okay? People go to the sidewalk. Parking, people, um, the, I have a special place where you can park the car, right? Cars have a place. Everybody has a space. If, if not, they should make a lawyer. So you feel bicycle. like as a bicyclist know. that you're getting the short, uh, short end of the stick, that they're screwing you over, and they don't care about you because, as you're saying, the, uh, you know, the cars have a place to be, the pedestrians have a place to be. But if you're on a bike, well, good luck. You can just go ahead and weave in and out of uh, New York City traffic with yeah. the crazy New York drivers and uh, try to try to see br- how late long you live, right? right? Try to make it there alive. It's but, crazy. Josh, thanks yeah, for the call I tonight. I came up with a solution in the last two hours. Tell me if I'm right. I'm a, a, a fantastic solution. My solution that is that to leave have, New York City. Have bicycles on the sidewalk, not on the right and not on the left. That means in the middle. You know, the older sidewalks are really, really a, a, a huge spaces. Most of the, uh, the city, Brooklyn, all over, I don't know, there's enough space that you can make a special yeah. line, a red line, in the middle. I hear where you're saying. I hear where you're coming from. Although, good luck getting New York City to change how it does its uh, its no, setup. Uh, Change it. I'm not part of the first story. That's a crazy story. No? It is a crazy story. Josh, thanks for sharing that tonight. I hope you can get escape from New York someday, and appreciate hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free. It's wow. got to be frustrating to to deal with you know the bureaucrats like that, and you know you know you're not going to get any kind of understanding. No one's ever going to change anything because you said something. It's unfortunate that he had to experience that firsthand. Uh, the, the problems with with the. Uh, Wise bureaucratic decision making, right? And right, right now, bicycling is the really the one of the best ways to get around. You know, for, right? A lot of people are having to deal with an economic downturn, especially it's, in a city. You don't have to license it. There's no gas tax. Yep. It's uh, it doesn't have the carbon emissions that so many people are worried about. That's why they don't like you on a bicycle. They don't like it because they're not making money off of you. And so that's why we saw the news story a couple of weeks ago that New York City is planning to start charging tolls to people on bikes at certain wow. locations. Yep. So <laughs> I wonder if you have to register your bike in New York City. Like there's some good question. There are some uh, municipalities that force you to register your bike. Otherwise, you'll get a ticket for not having a sticker on your bike. And of course, it's all about the money. Yep. Eight, oh five, no, no, no! It's to protect your bike because right. if it gets stolen, remember the police are going to go out and they're going to spend time finding your bike. Sure, man. they are. And they're sure. going to they're going to bring it back to you. <laughs> Toll-free numbers, 855-450-FREE. Yeah, the only solution there is to get the hell out of New York City, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, this is a huge place with all kinds of government that is reaching into various different aspects of people's lives. And uh, 
you know, you're not going to change it. It has a certain allure. And if you're in some businesses, you really can't you live anyplace else. I get it. A lot of people's family is there. And, you know, it's just I, I get it's tough. One eight five five four fifty free is the toll free number here. Speaking of New York, uh, this is where the story's from from CNET. The country's largest internet service providers haven't given up on the idea of becoming copyright cops. Last July, Comcast, Cablevision, Verizon, Time Warner, and other bandwidth providers announced they had agreed to adopt policies designed to discourage customers from illegally downloading music, movies, and software. Since then, the ISPs have been very quiet about their anti-piracy measures. But during a panel discussion before a gathering of U.S. publishers here today, the CEO of the RIAA, Kerry Sherman, said most of the participating ISPs are on track to begin implementing their program by July 1st. Supporters say this could become the most effective anti-piracy program ever. Since ISPs are the Internet's gatekeepers, the theory is that network providers are in the best position to fight illegal file sharing. CNET broke the news last June that the RIAA and their counterparts at the trade group for the big film studios had managed to get the deal through with the help of the White House. Sherman told the attendees of the Association of American Publishers annual meeting that planners had always said that setting up an anti-piracy program like this could take a year. He told CNET following his panel that the process isn't as easy as turning on a switch. We'll tell you more about what they have in mind here in moments. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Although I'll have to say, if these uh, ISPs think they can fight piracy... Fight file sharing, which I think is a preferred name for it. They, I think, have something, well, something unexpected. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do, dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's one 450 3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the various features that you will find there at freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian, JJ, and Mark. And don't forget, uh, there's also a little site that I uh, take care of called freekeen.com. And now and then you'll see interesting things uh, posted over at freekeen.com. And there's one thing that's particularly useful that I wanted to bring to your attention. Because normally we're talking about the activism and such that's going on in Keen over at freekeen.com. There's multiple posts per day these days over at Freekeen. It's a very busy, uh, busy, busy blog. The busiest, if uh, I believe, in all of New Hampshire if, as far as the liberty movement is concerned. And uh, I know it may be one of the busiest blogs in New Hampshire. I, I wonder about that. Hmm. How many blogs are actually focused on New Hampshire, etc.? But uh, right now at freekeen.com, the brand new trifold uh, that uh, we have produced is available for you. It's uh, the Philosophy of Liberty. Now, many of you may have seen the Philosophy of Liberty animation, which is a fairly popular uh, YouTube video. It was originally created as a Flash animation online, and then it was translated into YouTube and translated into like 50 different languages. It's a very, very prolific video in the Liberty Movement, and it's excellent. Uh, the animation is very simple, but it gets the message across. And it's it's approximately an eight-minute-long video that's really effective, I think, at uh, oh, communicating. Oh, yeah, it's great. 
communicating the ideas of liberty. It was created by... You don't, I, it doesn't even require uh, sound. I mean, you can watch it and, pretty much, and understand. Yeah. I think it has just some music in the background You're if, correct. You, if you have the, the audio on in your computer. But, you know, I don't know what it's like for a lot of people out there, but I'm just not... I don't feel priv, uh, pr- able to just turn the sound on at all times in my house. You are correct. Uh, there is no actual narration to it. It's just text on a, on, a, on an animated uh, video. And it's very effective, I think, at communicating the ideas of liberty in a very short period of time. And so recently some of the activists here were trying to figure out, well, you know, we've been doing this school outreach and it's very controversial and, you know, we need something new to, to give to the, the kids at the schools. So what can we do? Because what we've been giving out was just the stuff we already had. Like we'd come out with uh, free keen flyers or we'd come out with uh, the copblock.org. Who owns you? Which who owns you from copblock.org is great. It's a great little flyer. Yep. But uh, you know, we wanted to have something that was more comprehensive, more of an introduction to the ideas of liberty. And where where better to turn uh, to than the philosophy of liberty video? Well, somebody had already taken the time of writing the copy to the video down. So taking all the text that appears in the video and making a, a file out of it that people could download. And so basically, we took that text, truncated it down to make it more simple. And then, and also for for space reasons, and made it so it fit on a trifold, so front and back side of a regular eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper folded into th- into three panels, uh, and it turned into a, what I consider a, a pretty nice looking trifold. It's beautiful. It's it's as professional as a, a trifold can look. Um. You know, and I, I, I'm impressed with it. And it's thanks to uh, Meg McLean and her design prowess. Uh, you can visit her at MegMcLean.com. You've she's sure. beautiful and as good of a designer as you'll find. And she's super. <laughs> yeah, she's super at uh, doing this stuff. And so uh, I hired her to handle this, and it, it looks great, and it's now available. You can download the JPEGs full resolution. You can take those to your favorite printer, and you can print them out and distribute these in your area. This is not a New Hampshire-specific thing, even though we made it here. Uh, it is a an international... File. I mean, this thing can be useful wherever it is that you are, that you want to introduce people to the ideas of liberty. This is the brochure that uh, that can do that for you. So if you go to freekeen.com right now, you'll see that uh, that this particular news is up at the, the front page. And it'll always be archived over on our tools page at freekeen.com, where you can also download other tools like the Don't Take the Plea Deal outreach flyer and other printables that uh, that you can use in your local area. So I'm, I'm pretty jazzed about this flyer. I think it's it's really cool. And it also, uh, as a bonus, promotes the Shire Society on Looks the back. Great. So there you go. Head over to freekeen.com and you can download that at your leisure and print it out and distribute. So we were talking about the Internet service providers. Uh, apparently the big boys, the Comcasts and the Time Warners and those folks have signed on with some crazy agreement uh, with the RIAA and its ilk, like the MPAA, to basically become their enforcers. Now, I'm not real sure what it is that they're getting out of this. That I don't really understand their motivation well, to do this. Well, why did the uh, comics come up with the, uh, the the comics code? Why did the movies come up with the uh, movie ratings? In a lot of cases, there have been there was pressure uh, put on them with basically, look, you either come up with your own ratings association, or we're going to come up with one for you. And maybe this is a situation is you know either you come up with your own enforcement of this, or we're going to start enforcing it for you. But they would have to. I still does, it I still know. doesn't make sense Thought. to me. I mean, they're not li- they shouldn't be liable for the actions of their users. So why would they want to step in between the RIAA and the users and basically be their middleman to try to crack down on people? According to the story from CNET, 
Uh, there was a recent panel discussion that they were having at the, uh, I guess, some sort of industry association group, the Association of American Publishers, where they're talking about their new scheme that they'll be implementing coming on July 1st, and or they'll begin to implement. It says here that each ISP has, de- has to develop infrastructure for automating their system. Uh, they need this for establishing the database so they can keep track of repeat infringers so they know this is the first notice or the third notice. Every ISP has to do it differently depending on their architecture or their particular network. Some are nearing completion and others are a little further from completion. The program, commonly referred to as graduated response, requires that Internet service providers send out one or two educational notices to those customers who are are accused of downloading copyrighted content illegally. So I guess my question is, who is it that is accusing these customers? Is the RIAA going to be accusing customers and then the ISP going to be their middleman and sending the notices? Or will the ISP be actively investigating their own customers and making their own accusations on their own volition? According to the story here, at that time, once they send out this confirmation, they've sent out one or two of these so-called educational notices. If the customer doesn't stop the downloading of so-called copyrighted content, then the ISP is then asked to send out confirmation notices asking that they confirm that they've received the notice. At that time, the accused customers will also be informed of the risks they incur if they don't stop pirating material. Uh, According to the news here, if the customer is flagged for pirating again, the ISP can then ratchet up the pressure. Participating ISPs can choose from a list of penalties, or what the RIAA calls mitigation measures, which include throttling down the customer's connection speed and suspending web access entirely until the subscriber agrees to stop pirating. Hmm. The ISPs. Well, can... it beats the heck out of getting sued for a hundred thousand dollars or whatever that the uh, the RIAA has been doing to people. Well, here's my question. How okay. How many people who have a router at their home know about network administration? Mark, you have a router at your home. Do you know how to administer your router? Well, I have I know how to get in and out of it. Okay, you've probably maybe figured out how to set a password on the router, perhaps. Yep, it came with its own. Okay. Uh usually that's like password or admin or something like something that. Something more than that. Uh so some people don't know this stuff, right? Like, they just get a router, take it out of the box, plug it in, push a button, and they hope that, that it will work. And technology is made to where it's to the point where these things are possible. You can just unpack a box, plug stuff into it, and it'll usually work. Those people don't know how to identify users of their wireless system. Mm-hmm. They don't know, for instance, who is using their signal. So if you have an un- unpassed Imagine you live in an apartment... Over a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. So, or that you are the coffee shop owner and you want to give people access to the internet, right? And you don't, at the same time, you're not a network administrator and you're just a coffee shop owner. You don't have a network administrating department. It's just a small mom and pop coffee shop. It's not like your Panera Bread where you've got some IT department. No, you've just got a router that you're letting people access. So if people are using your internet. And this is, by the way, the LRN.FM studios. We've got uh, lots of people that have access to the internet connection here. Sure. If people are using your internet, how are you supposed to police that? So if all of a sudden the internet service provider sends you an email as the account holder, because you're the one who becomes liable in this particular case, 
Say, Mark, uh, we've determined that, uh, according to our records, you've been pirating some uh, some files here over your, your internet connection. You're like, wait, what? I didn't do anything. What are uh, you well, talking about? First off, you probably think it's spam from Nigeria. I mean, you know, when well, I get some kind of... It comes from at Comcast.net or whatever. I don't whatever, know but, necessarily anything. I don't believe any of this stuff. Well, I, let's say they call you up. Okay. And uh, like, hey, uh, you haven't responded to our emails. Uh, we sent you one of these educational no, notices. No, no, I, I imagine it's going to come through your, your... Like, if you have Time Warner, for example, it's going to come like your bill comes in an envelope in your in your post office box. Or I believe that. And and then it's going to say, hey, you're, you've infringed. And uh, like this, this uh, electronic uh, frontier foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this article here, they they talk much more critically about it and how the burden of proof, rather than on the accusers providing infringement, proving the infringement, is actually on the subscriber to prove they're not guilty. This is not good. We'll continue. If you've got more to share, we can do that here in a moment. Also, your thoughts are certainly welcome. Maybe you know a little bit more about how this is going to be implemented. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is next. I am so excited about Porkfest this year. Porkfest? What's that? It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? <laughs> what doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Hmm, that's sounding pretty good to me. Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? It looks like a blast. Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest. This is Free Talk Live. And you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. As we launch into the second hour of the program, it's Ian here with you. JJ. And Mark. Once again, 855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features. They're completely free. Unlike those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. Head over, get interactive, and create the content of the site. Everything you see there on the front page of the uh, the website is brought to you by our listeners. So if you find something online that you think is interesting that you'd like to share with the rest of our listeners, you can submit it as show prep, and then other listeners will vote as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion. So head over, get interactive, freetalklive.com. Now, for those of you just tuning in, there was a disturbing call that came in last hour. We were talking about uh, the hack group Anonymous threatening to take down the internet coming up on Saturday. and the, Whether or not that's an April Fool's joke. Yeah, maybe not, April not Fool's. Uh, that's, that's yet to, uh, I guess we'll find out over time whether that actually ends up happening. Uh, doesn't seem real likely. It certainly doesn't. But, uh, it's a bold claim. Yeah, and it seems unlikely that Anonymous would do something like that, considering normally they're targeting megacorporations and governments. 
So um, that kind of led into a further discussion about the Internet and what's currently going on with it. And somebody called in to say that there's news that the Internet service providers out there, the big boys, the AT&Ts, the Comcast, the Time Warner, that they've entered into an agreement with the uh, Recording Industry Association groups to become the enforcers for copyright law. And we're sharing a piece here from CNET.com where it's explaining what their system is going to do. They call it the Graduated Response System. It will begin to be implemented on July 1st of this year. And the idea is if they identify somebody who is uh, allegedly downloading copyrighted content, they will send out what they call educational notices, one or two of them, to those customers who are accused of downloading the copyrighted content. If the customer doesn't stop, the ISP is then asked to send out confirmation notices asking that they confirm they've received the notice. Can I uh, interject here with yes, some additional? Uh, yeah, this is another article uh, describing the same thing by the uh, EFF, Electronic Frontier Foundation. And uh, they go into this. One key problem is the arrangement shifts the burden of proof rather than accusers proving infringement for the graduate response process starts against the subscriber. The subscriber must disprove the accusation accusation in order to call a halt to it worse accused subscribers have to defend themselves on an uneven playing field for example they only have 10 days to prepare a defense and with only six preset options available of course there's no assurance that those who review the cases are neutral and the plan sorely lacks consequences for an accuser who makes mistaken or fraudulent claims so i presume the accusers in these cases are going to be the recording association people Right. So the lobbying the, groups. So the lobbying groups going to have to identify who they think are downloading their content. They will then bring those accusations to the internet service providers in question. The ISPs will then become their their middleman or their do boys, and they'll go ahead and uh, and issue these notices to people. Down the line, if you ignore the notices or you you know refuse you don't respond to them, they then have what they call mitigation measures, which could include throttling down your connection speed. So you're paying for broadband, but all of a sudden you might have dial-up speeds. And of course, you've got to, you're probably in on a contract, so you know you've got to pay. Well, I mean, you you have to pay, but didn't you sign up to pay for broadband? Sure. Um, I'm just making the point that they're going to charge you the same as you were, uh, right. they were before, and, and they're going those... to make you pay at the, the pain of your credit. And it's probably one of those contracts where they can change the rules at any time, because that's yes. typical with corporate uh, agreements, so-called. When you sign your cell phone agreement, you know, there's probably a line in there that says, we reserve the right to change this agreement, modify this agreement at any time without notifying you. Sometimes they will notify you, but that's all they have to do is just give you notice. By reading this notice, you've by receiving this notice, you have agreed to our new terms. Well, I think a lot of a lot of individuals have like, let's say, a cable coming into their home for their internet, and they're on month to month sort of service. Mm-hmm. And so, like like the uh, EFF is talking about, what can you do? What can users do at this point? And they're suggesting, in some cases, they can vote with their feet and f- and move to companies that aren't participating into the, in this. Yeah, but how many of those will there be? I mean, around here, you can choose from Time Warner or the the phone company. I mean, there's really, if anybody else is offering internet providing, it's they're piggybacking on those two other right. services. Well, they, they bring up two different companies, Sonic and Cox Communications, that have a history of fighting for their users where they can hmm. and are noticeably absent from this agreement or this arrangement. Well, I agree with that. If there's an internet service provider in your area that is not participating in this agreement and how you would come about determining who is and who isn't, I'm not sure. But I imagine that information will come out maybe as we get closer to July 1st and these these things start to happen. Uh, then, yeah, certainly vote with your feet if you have that uh, that possibility. 
Uh, so again, they have these mitigation measures, which could also include uh, just completely suspending your web access, meaning that have you ever gotten on one of those uh, free internet, uh, like you go to Panera Bread and you connect to their Wi-Fi, and then the first website you try to go to, it comes up with their Panera Bread thing. Right. It's like, you have to click agree with our terms of service in order to get on the internet. So I'm betting you that's what they're talking about here, where they say they'll stop your web access until you agree to stop pirating. They'll Makes probably sense. just send you to you know Comcast.com's page. Click here. You have been accused of pirating, and you haven't responded to our notices, and so therefore we are suspending your web access until you decide to click here saying you'll be a good little boy, is essentially... And agree to these terms. Right. That means next time you do infringe, you automatically are found guilty and suffer these penalties. Could be. They could very well say that. Yep. You'll be subject to uh, you know jail time or financial yep. penalties or whatever. Now, the ISPs here can agree or can waive the mitigation measure if they choose, and not one of the service providers has agreed to permanently terminate service. The partnership with the major bandwidth providers was years in the making, and the deal pumped lots of confidence into the entertainment sector. This according to CNET. After the White House and state and federal lawmakers showed support for the deal, leaders at the RIAA and MPAA believed they had the momentum to get anti-piracy legislation passed in Congress. They were wrong, of course. The Stop Online Piracy Act, or SOPA, and Protect IP Act were run off the rails, mostly by the tech sector. So it will be interesting to see how the tech sector reacts once accused internet pirates begin having their web access You know suspended. what, this is going to force the mom-and-pop cafes to download some software on their computer that, that serves the rest of the customers, and they'll have to route their signal through this computer, and it will block users who try to download illegally because they want to preserve their service. You know, if, as soon as they get a few threatening, you know, they're either going to abandon Wi-Fi and, and mm-hmm. become less competitive... Or they're going to have to crack down on their users. Right. And, I, you, you know, what are you going to do? Hire an IT guy? If you're just mom and pop running a, a, a coffee shop with a, an open router? I think what's going to happen doesn't make any sense. is that uh, these, uh, these companies are going to find their users and their subscriber rates uh, dwindling because... I would think that there would be, there would be some effect. I mean, the, pe- the people that got all upset about PIPA and SOPA are not just going to roll over because this is being done by the ISPs oh, no. instead of the government. Right. Right. I mean, so the idea here is that this is somehow going to be effective at stopping so-called piracy, which I'd like to call file sharing because that's all it is, just sharing. No one's right. actually piracy stealing anything. Piracy is uh, theft on the open seas. Yeah, no, no one's stealing anything here. Uh, everybody that's uh, copying files around the Internet still has the original file they copied or that was copied. So, yeah, you can't stop these people. They're going to come up with new and innovative ways to uh, to move these files around, just like how we've seen all these different file sharing networks come and go over the years. Napster, uh, I guess Napster's still out there, but they're not what they used to be. Uh, Napster and eDonkey and you know all these variety of different uh, file sharing methods. They've come, they've uh, been cracked down upon, they've gone, and then other sites have come up. The of course the Pirate Bay is still out there and running strong. Uh, so how are they going to determine who's pirating and who's not? I'm I'm not certain about that maybe they'll who's start cheating looking. who and who's I don't think being true i don't think they're very worried about who's they're not worried about that because of the tilted playing field for defending yourself they just have to accuse people and then the the, the community will know oh john uh john lost his internet uh mm. he's suspended and uh, we can't go over and use it john's internet so we'll have to go to a, you know someone else's house and you know that that fear of not having internet but i think what it'll also do the unintended consequences it will force individuals to come up with technology to create alternative networks to these massive ISPs, mm-hmm. and it will force competition. And I think uh, 
the technology, you know, biosphere or whatever will will be better for it. We'll start to see more people going over to Tor or other anonymizing systems and encrypting or more new ways of connecting to the internet. Right, eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. As we learn more, we'll certainly keep you in the loop, and of course, you can keep us in the loop as well. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you'd like at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and joining you here tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Once again, the number is 855-450-FREE, and you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Listening options are available to you. We've got the broadband stream, the dial-up stream, and a new mid-band stream as well. So three different uh, stream sizes for different internet connections. You can also access us on over 100 great AM and FM radio stations across the country. Our satellite listening options include XM Satellite Radio. We have two channels that we're on on XM, as well as our KU Band free-to-air channel, the webcam, and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way. So plenty of different ways to get Free Talk Live into your ears over at listen.freetalklive.com. You can join more than a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can Over there, you can incorporate your business, create a will or a living trust or a living will or some kind of trust. Even uh, register a trademark, empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents people trust. It's LegalZoom.com. You can use coupon code FTL to save $10 on your order. It's LegalZoom.com. Still to come, airport employees and TSA agents behaving badly. Uh, plus, uh, JJ, you managed to find some inf- more information on what one of the callers mentioned earlier about the police cracking down on Sanford Media. That's right. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to that here as well because that's an update on the uh, Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman case. But first, we go to the phones and to your calls and your thoughts. Uh, Andrew in Maine, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi, guys. So a bunch of my libertarian friends across the country said I should call you. My name is Andrew Ian Dodge. I am the libertarian candidate for the United States Senate in the great state of Maine. And the reason I wanted to call you is to um, let any of your listeners know who are uh, near Maine, either in New Hampshire or Vermont or Massachusetts, that the libertarian convention is on this weekend in so- at the Saka Ramada between 9 and 9, and I will be addressing it. Um, obviously, we'd like all the information, uh, the impetus we can get from any libertarian across the country to support my candidacy. Well, why? Okay, so normally, you know, this isn't really free plugs live. We really would prefer people call and actually talk about an issue or something that's well, important well, to them. Well, I've got an issue. I, I've got. Okay, I'll, I'll go on an issue. I'm sorry, I stuck that in. I apologize profusely. Um, but, uh, governor, our wonderful governor here in Maine has decided, and I got a call from the ACLU today about it, um, that our governor has decided that it might be a good idea if he blocked freedom of information um, requests for the constitutionally elected offices here in Maine. Uh, That is Governor 
Secretary of State, and maybe a couple of others. Now, it's really amazing when a Republican who supposedly ran on the Tea Party platform, who believed, said this was going to be the most open government ever in Maine, is trying to block Freedom of Freedom of Information Acts. I'm sure this happens all over the country. And um, Yeah, it's pretty much what Obama did, too. Uh, ran on a uh, you know transparency platform and has been the least transparent administration yet. So is this the National Libertarian Party convention that's going on in Maine? Oh, no, no. This is the national one is in Las Vegas beginning of May, but okay, I'm not plugging yeah. it. Um, well, so I, tell I, me more about that. Like, so, know that. So the the yep. main libertarians, like, do you guys have any offices that you guys have won? Uh, not yet. No. Yeah. I, and in fact, uh, I'm the highest. I'm the person running for the highest office yet. Gotcha. So I was previously Andrew, republic Republican who left because of the um, fraudulent behavior of Charlie Webster uh, over. Yeah, we don't know who the, that is. The, but, let me, so, let me uh, ask you this though, well, Andrew. He, he basically. That if you're a Ron Paul supporter, we're not counting your vote. Gotcha. More or less. Now, let me ask you this. Now, you know over here in New Hampshire, the Free State Project is going strong and that we've had uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. more than 125 uh, candidates that have been endorsed by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance get into the uh, New Hampshire House. And I'm just wondering, what do you think about a project where there have more than 1,000 liberty-oriented individuals have moved to a small state like New Hampshire and uh, 11,000 more coming and maybe 20,000 if we can uh, you know, get more folks to sign? What do you think about picking up and moving to that? I think that's absolutely brilliant, and I've I've been a long supporter of the Restate Project. I was actually considering coming, and I decided that it would be probably uh, better and um, the, to stay in the land of my father and try to sort things out here first before abandoning it and running to to uh, more more freedom pastures. Across so, what what the state would it take for you to be convinced that uh, it wasn't a good idea to stay where you are? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what it would take. Um, but it, it, it's a great – I think the Free State Project is, is great because it's a bastion of freedom and it inspires the rest of us in the rest of the part of the country to strive to do as well as you have done there. And well, I, I don't How think can you if, the, uh, if a thousand of the best liberty activists have moved from all over the country? I think, how can yeah. you? And, it, and New Hampshire is also a pretty place to be. So. Oh, agreed. Uh, but Andrew, here's my my question: is is how can you it, do as well if a thousand of the best liberty activists have picked up and moved from forty nine states? And one would assume from the closer states that more of them have moved. I'm. It's just. A, it's just. I don't a, know if that's true. It's a long shot assumption of mine. But you would you would think that the best activists have picked up and moved from say Maine, New York, New Hampshire, Connecticut, Rhode Island, these places, and moved. Uh, you know, uh, in a larger percentage i don't know if it's true or not but um i mean how can one do as well some of the best liberty activists in florida are gone there's a brain drain we came right there's a brain drain issue Uh, mark you and i came from sarasota and we're not the only ones who moved up from sarasota florida there's a number of folks that that have moved out of there and uh, i was probably the busiest activist in sarasota and the uh, the others uh, were pretty good too and so essentially there's been an activist brain drain where the people that were there, they're not there anymore. And uh, last time I looked, uh, the activism movement in, in Sarasota, Florida was in shambles. So uh, that's, a, that's a good question, and I'd, I'd like to, to also hear your answer to that. Well, it, it, it's interesting, and, and some would argue that and – and I don't know how you would argue this – one way or the other, whether what you're doing is actually bad for the rest of the country. But I, I suspect that – the the liberty movement and the and the libertarian movement is needs a bastion somewhere where you can turn to and and draw inspiration. 
And there has to be a success story, because a lot of people say, well, you know, libertarians have never gotten anywhere anywhere, so why should we listen to you? And if there's one place where, they're very, where, where they do succeed, then it will be better for the rest of us to say, look, well, it worked in New Hampshire, and we're right over the border. Why can't we do it in Maine? Or because you don't have the activists. <laughs> I get, I, the reason would be is because the activists have moved to New Hampshire, and it's it, this is hard. This is this isn't easy. You know what how difficult it is. You're involved and you're active. You know how difficult mm-hmm. it is to get stuff done. I looked up your name here, and you are not not active. That's absolutely you're you're out there. You're doing stuff. Um, so you know at some point or another, one gets tired of banging one's head against one uh, one's wall, and then gets <laughs> gets up and goes and moves where the other activists are, and actually gets some stuff done. I mean, we've had a little bit of success in getting some of the the uh, you know the tyrannical laws turned back but mostly and i don't think that people really understand the value of this is we've got the libertarian veto in new hampshire there a law doesn't get through without it being approved by people who like the ideas of liberty here and now right now today in the united states the libertarian veto exists in a state no doubt andrew what was your last name again Dodge. Andrew Dodge vehicle. over in Maine. That's hey, good luck with your out. good luck with your campaign, man, and uh, let us know uh, how it goes. And hopefully, you know, you probably aren't going to win because you're running as a libertarian. But uh, you know, best of <laughs> good luck. Good luck, and hopefully, we'll see you in New Hampshire someday. Thanks for the call tonight. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Free talk live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number here is 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there, and they are completely free. The webcam is one of them. You can watch, listen, and interact with uh, other Free Talk Live listeners because the chat room is built into the same page as the cam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com and you'll find it there. It's free. That's cam.freetalklive.com. We just had somebody call in a moment ago from uh, Maine and he was promoting his, uh, his, I guess, election campaign for some state office. Um, was it a state office? I don't even I think recall. It was senator. It was. Senator? Yeah. U.S. Senator or uh, state senator? I think it was U.S. US Senate, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, anyway, uh, and and we kind of had to stop him in the the front of that because, yes, it's free talk live. You can call and talk about anything you want, but the idea is that we we would have a conversation. not everybody knows the Not not the idea of you get to call and promote your business uh, or you get to call and promote your political campaign. Can you imagine how awful the the show would be if people just called in, like if it was like a night full of people calling? Well, today at uh, at, uh, Johnny's Rib Shack, we're having uh, free barbecue. You can come out. 
on, come on out and uh, enjoy our cornbread, or uh, you know, or you know, or just candidates in. from all over the country, right. liber- libertarian candidates from all over the country, calling in and uh, talking about their their candidacy, and or any candidate. But I you mean, can whatever. see why this seems to uh, you know, uh, Mr. Dodge, there like the perfect like, people have told him, hey, there's a show called Free Talk Live. It's liberty oriented. You're running for uh, you know a national level audience. Why not call in? Yeah, so sorry about that. Uh, but it did give us a chance to talk about why someone who lives in Maine uh, wouldn't want to make the change and cross the border and come over into New Hampshire and join the Free State Project. It would seem that if you live in close proximity to New Hampshire, that it would be easier to move here. Uh, but yet still, there are people that are holding out in Massachusetts and holding yep. out in in Maine, and like we're more gonna, of them in Massachusetts. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be free down here. Darn it, we don't want to move across the border. Uh, well, why wouldn't you want to? Because as you pointed out, Mark, people, in most cases you're talking about a move of you know 50 miles or something. Right. right. It, it wouldn't be that and hard. It may to be visit jobs, mom. jobs, and family certainly are an issue. But you know, when it comes to family, you're not talking about much of a jo- drive. Right. And so if if liberty is what's important to you, and if you're running for a political office, it's obviously important to you. You're willing to put time and throw money down a hole, uh, you know, which usually is what happens with libertarian campaigns. You throw a bunch of money down a hole. Right. You um, know, people get together. They put some money up for the, the signs and all those things that go into it. And, you know, frankly, in the other 49 states, I don't know what libertarians have been elected to, but it's not much. They no, do a not. really great job of ballot access, though. As far as uh, yeah, getting uh, getting on the ballot can be do. very difficult to do that. But it takes activists, it takes uh, you know time, it takes money, and the more people we get here to New Hampshire, the fewer good activists you're going to have in your areas, which means it's going to be more and more challenging for these libertarian uh, campaigns to be successful. I mean, it was already an incredible challenge for them as is, but you take away some of the best activists, you bring all those folks to New Hampshire, you're going to have an even more difficult time. So, Well, looking at it from the other side of the coin, too, though... Uh, instead of what you take away from there, what you bring here in New Hampshire is a network of people that will help you campaign. That Absolutely. Will help, you will have people helping you go door to door in some areas, and uh, depending on how persuasive you are and, and the message and the individual you are, you could see a lot of help even financially with with small donations here and there. And it doesn't take a whole lot either. No. Here in New Hampshire, there are over 400 state house seats. Yeah. Uh, or 400 a lot of people of come. They wait their two years to uh, to be a resident of uh, you know whatever ter- two-year term you need to be before you get elected to the house. And they get elected just that fast. Yeah. And, well, you can run for city council and other things like that without even waiting. You can just move in, register to vote, and you're, you're good to go. Yeah. A lot of people, <laughs> you know, it's... Um, t- the districts are very small as a result of the large number of uh, rep- so-called representatives, so that you don't have to campaign in a huge area. Uh, it's it's easier to focus your efforts, uh, and it's just a it's just a lot easier to do politics here, which is one of the reasons one of the many reasons there were 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire listed at freestateproject.org. The political system and the accessibility of it and the affordability of running campaigns here is much much better than it is anywhere else. Uh, and of course, uh, you, you're dealing with these rep seats that you get paid two hundred dollars a year. So usually, you're not dealing with professional politicians. It's either in the- old people or zealots or old zealots. Well, right. and also consider that you'll have people inside this legislative body that are not only in agreement with you, but that actively work with you instead of being the outsider in the two-party system. 
Well, what, yeah, what the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance has seen at NHLiberty.org is ever since they've been putting out voting recommendations, they, the Democrats have their voting recommendations coming from the Democrat Party. The Republicans have their recommendations coming from the Republican Party. And there's a third set of voting recommendations that every state rep is handed when they go in to vote. It's called the gold standard from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. And they have volunteers who read through all the legislation and they decide, well, is this liberty oriented or is it not? And then and they will make a decision as to what they recommend as how people should vote if they want to vote in whatever method would be advancing liberty. And they give this information out, and people are paying attention to this. They're very interested in receiving these voting recommendations from the, the Liberty Alliance. And the Liberty Alliance also rates all of the, the state reps on an A through F scale every single year on based on how they Nobody vote. Nobody likes to see an F next to their name. Right. And so they're doing a really incredible job. That's not happening anywhere else. Not in any of the other 49 states. They're helping train candidates who are interested in running for political office. And as you pointed out, Mark, there are over 120 of them that have been like basically approved by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance or have gotten a good grade from them. And there are right. at well, least a uh, Initially, there were 125 that were endorsed and then 125 that basically got you know 80% or above. It wasn't the same 125, though. Yeah, there are at least a, uh, at least a dozen actual free staters who've been elected people who have moved here as part of the free state project are now state reps which is why i asked the the gentleman from maine well how's how's things been going for the libertarian party how many elections have you guys won none the answer was zero and you know they they, they couldn't even claim dog catcher well that's how many uh, that it was in, in florida too i mean that's how there many might have been soil in and water state. board i think there might have been like a soil right. and water it's board. a bigger it's a bigger state and you might be able to slide one past a mosquito control yeah. or you know whatever but no one won in our area of the state ever uh in florida and so look you've you've already got here in new hampshire in the last five years or six years here in new hampshire you've had more we've had more success politically than the entire Libertarian Party across the entire country. Wow. Now, that's all you should really need. I mean, if you're like a political guy, if you're one of those people right. that's working inside the system and you're frustrated with the inside the system activities... You can't not be. Why wouldn't you want to go where the wins are happening? The two big... <laughs> right, right. The, it makes sense. The three big ones. Jobs, weather... And family. That's those are the those are the reasons people don't do it. And obviously, a guy from Maine isn't going to complain about the weather, right? No. God, God, your your winners in New Hampshire, <laughs> the wicked. So, and and JJ, you're working on uh, something here that I know that uh, you were talking about this week at one of the planning sessions we were having here in town. Uh, the after Ron Paul campaign. I don't know how much you can talk about this, but uh, one of the things you're going to be appealing to people is is hey, look. You know, Ron Paul isn't going to last forever. At some point, this whole Ron Paul thing is going to be done with. So what do people do after that? What's next? Is the idea you're just going to wait around wherever you are and hope that somebody else comes out of the political woodwork to uh, pick up the torch for Ron Paul? Well, as we saw with the 2008 so-called Ron Paul candidates, they were all a big joke. Most of them didn't know, know liberty from a hole in the ground and were just simply using Ron Paul's name, name and fundraising to, ability. Right, to try to uh, get as many activists behind their campaign as possible. They didn't actually believe in liberty in any principled manner. So uh, you're going to be working on a campaign that will encourage people to move to New Hampshire after the Ron Paul campaign. That's right, and encourage people to continue to be active in their campaigning for liberty, of course. And how they go about doing it, you know, depends on what their interest is. But we'll show them a lot of different ways that activists here in New Hampshire have found to be successful as activists. 
And of course, if they want to pick up and move and come here and be a part of this, that is, you know, the easiest way. The easiest way to do this is, hey, we've got a lot of different programs and projects in place right now. Come and join in. You can pick up, you know, a, a piece of the pie or the workload, whatever, anytime you, as soon as you show up. But doing it in your own area, starting it your own way, it, it could be challenging, not to yeah. say that it can't be done. Support anybody who wants to do it, but I think that you're probably going to come to the same conclusion that Ian and I did. Yep, you got to get together with others uh, who have the same mindset and who are willing to get active and do things and who are already having success. You can help build that success into a real significant uh, liberty movement, more significant than we already have. Go to freestateproject.org. There's more coming up here. You can take control. Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, You can go to m.freetalklive.com for quick access to our live streams and our podcast. For those of you with mobile mobile phones, smartphone, go to m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. Of course, we will take your calls about absolutely anything, and I wanted to hear more since we had somebody call in and mention it. Uh, and, And, J.J., you did the digging. You found the news story. I had been complaining about the news media here. We've complained about the news media for a long time on this program about how they've uh, you know, they're basically emasculated, I guess, uh, or, you know, they, they're, they're, they essentially have no huevos. They're not willing to uh, they're not willing to challenge the, the state. They're Yeller not willing, bellied. Right. They're not they're cowardly. They're not willing to go up against the police and ask them, you know, intense questions that will actually hold them accountable. The, the media is just the, a lapdog. No, the fourth estate is is, is vacant. Basically. Right. They're supposed to hold these people accountable. That was the idea behind having a free press. And what ended up happening is that the government started handing out licenses. And, of course, the supposedly free press uh, lined right up to accept the licenses. We're talking about TV and radio stations here. Uh, and, of course, when it comes to accepting licenses, you accept the terms. And that means that the government basically decides whether you live and uh, live or die in the world of uh, mainstream media. And so why would you want to bite the hand that feeds you, so sure. to speak? If, as a radio station in your town, if you do too much investigative work, somebody's going to start wanting to come in and see your public file and make mm. sure that thing's up to date. Frankly, you could probably shut down three quarters of the radio stations in America going in just to asking for their public file and knowing what what it is to look for in these things. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what to look well, for. In those I don't either. And also look at the idea that uh, some news organizations, local and otherwise, they won't get that scoop from the police department or the city officials if they start investigating. If they start right. actually holding people accountable, they won't get that. And their competitor, who does play along... They'll be taken off the, re- the news release list yep. from the police department, and the public information officer or their spokesperson will not call them back and won't give them a, it won't give them a scoop. And so they're just too timid. And they aren't willing to do what it takes. And in the few instances where we have seen them uh, do what it takes, they'll target the police, for instance, have targeted uh, the reporters for retaliation. Reporter all of a sudden finds that he's getting pulled over <laughs> a whole lot, yeah. uh, being harassed by the police. In the case of the guy in uh, in Miami, he lost his job with the station because the police were going after him too much. station was like, whoa, we can't stand behind our employee. we got to cut him loose. And uh, so that's what they did. And this is just typical of uh, the media around the country. So 
that's why I was surprised to hear that apparently in Sanford, Florida, where the whole Trayvon Martin uh, situation is going down, that the police have apparently threatened members of the news media. What is going on? That's right. This story comes from the Miami Herald. Sanford police threatened to arrest reporters. Sanford police threatened to arrest members of the media who approach or ask questions off the clock. A press release sent out Wednesday said police would arrest journalists who attempt to make contact with city employees during non-working hours. They asked to not approach, call, or email the city employees at home. Some city staffers have been, quote, followed or approached at their home or in settings outside of working hours, unquote, the release said. Yeah, well, they, you know, the story is so big that these reporters are driven to get whatever, you know, scoop they can get, whatever little bit of the story they can get out of these cops. So I wouldn't doubt they're hassling them at all times. Come on, man. You got to give me something. Right. Quote, law enforcement officers will not hesitate to make an arrest for stalking, unquote. (laughs) However, the Florida statute on stalking does not include language that provides special protection to city officials or prevent media from asking questions. (laughs) Please, like that matters? Sanford police did not immediately return any calls Wednesday or Thursday morning. Of course, they're not going to return calls. Well, right, and it doesn't hurt them to threaten. Even though they may not actually have a real stalking case, they can still say, we'll charge you with stalking if you talk to anybody outside of business hours. That doesn't mean they'll, right. a- they'll actually do that. They threaten me with stalking as well uh, for going and asking questions of the bureaucrats when they were walking to their cars at the local courthouse. They threatened me with stalking, but they never charged me with anything. So I imagine the same thing's well, happening right. in, here. In most cases, that's all they need to do is threaten, and most people will comply because that's they right. don't want to feel the harm so it's not worth it for them to take that risk. But uh, this brings up an issue that has uh, has been brought up to me with the issue of us going to the parking lot, and asking these bureaucrats questions. Uh, not when I say us, I don't mean you got you guys, but I was uh, me and some other activists did this. And the reason we did this was because the local courthouse had banned all media devices from within the courthouse. So therefore, there's absolutely no way to get an interview with these people to hold them accountable in any way, shape, or form on video. So, therefore, the idea would be, well, if you can't go in the courthouse to talk to these bureaucrats, we'll Might just well wait, wait till they come out. out. We'll just wait for them outside. And, well, they didn't like that very much. But the idea that uh, that some of the op- uh, people who have opposed this particular activism have said is that, well, once they get off work, they're no longer working for the government. So you shouldn't be able to uh, to talk to them once they get off work right, about what right. they do. You can't hold them accountable as individual human beings at that point. No, they're they're shielded, which is you know, right. absurd. So if they commit uh, what what appears to be uh, you know, the breaking of their own rules, I mean, their rules say that you're allowed to bring cameras in and uh, use them at the clerk of courts. It says it right there. Of course, the rules also say we can do whatever the hell we want, including breaking our own rules. Literally. They've it's got true. a line that says that. So if they can just go ahead and act like they can do anything inside that building, what does that leave people to do? If you don't, if, if there's no recourse to talk and interact and uh you know the, for the press to handle these people while they're on duty no wonder no wonder right so my response to that uh, objection is look i host a radio talk show for three hours a night but if someone wants to talk to me about the business of talk radio or my show outside of those hours i'm usually game for talking to them about it sure it's what i do 
So I'm willing to talk about it. I, yes, but I'm, you don't hate your job like these bureaucrats likely to. Well, you're not hurting people with your job. Now, you don't feel guilty talking about doing your job. Well, I don't know if they feel guilty either. I mean, well, many of them confronted. may be proud. Many of them may be proud of the work that they do, in which case, wh- why, why would anyone think I shouldn't be able to ask someone about their career and the decisions they make about their job when they're not on duty, when they're not on the clock? I'm sorry, but if you do something professionally, right. then... You should be able to talk about those things outside of uh, work hours. And it's okay if you don't want to, if you're like too busy or something like that. I'm sorry, I don't have time to talk to you right now, but maybe I can talk to you later or whatever. But uh, to, to say there should be some sort of a prohibition on being able to uh, address questions towards someone about their career when they're not on the clock, absolutely ludicrous. Right. It's, it's just the state covering for other state employees, what it is. It's you know, keeping the accountability to an absolute minimum. If you keep asking those hard questions as they're walking into work, you know, that's that's a, a stressful situation, I'm sure, when right. someone's sitting there questioning what you do for they've a living. Never, and, they've uh, never dealt with it before, that's for sure. Right. And when they're on the job, that doesn't mean they have to talk to you either. No, I mean, you how can't many get times, inside. Right. How many times have we been in, or, 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 or the times we have been in courthouses, how many times have we been there where they just close the blinds? They don't want to talk to you. Yep. So what I think is interesting about this story from Sanford is that we're seeing some of the similar things happening in Sanford as we've seen happen here in Keene. And the reason why they happen here is we pointed out some people will say, well, you guys want us to move to New Hampshire, but look at how bad things are because there are some really bad things that they have done here. But the point being, and I think it was Pete Ayer that uh, originally made this point, is the reason why these bad things are happening to us is because we're doing things. We're doing the stuff it takes to actually try to hold these people accountable and you get to see how they respond when people attempt to hold them accountable they it's freak the out it's the point is to, to hold to attempt to hold them accountable and they they flip out and they threaten and they do really stupid things like you know ban people from the courthouse and and the, the sheriff comes out and tells us that our singing's stupid yeah. and there's just like there's no shortage of just ludicrous behavior on their part and so you're seeing it emulated down there in sanford because sanford florida's never had to deal with media that's actually like asking tough questions and the reason why this is happening is because outside media is coming in it's right. likely not the Sanford, you know, whatever the Sanford Sun, or they're or the probably newspaper. driven. They're pro- the, the local media is probably driven to get the story too. I mean, they're right yeah, there. Yeah, but in the no, drum. you're dealing with outside media coming in. They don't have the same skin in the game oh, that sure. the local media does. I agree. So when CNN sends a reporter in, or Fox, or whoever these other international organizations, they don't care if the Sanford Police Department takes them off the media list. They weren't on it in the first place. Right. So to, to, for them, it doesn't matter. Which is why, of course, having more media in any given area area is a good thing because then you're more likely to deal with somebody who's like well i don't care but the police send me i'm gonna go ahead and ask the tough questions exactly and that's a that's a good point there is is they get so comfortable with their their surroundings and the sand the local media and how they interact you know they get so buddy buddy we talked about the uh, news releases and whatnot mm-hmm. yes yeah, so when uh like like here here, uh, Freekine reporters, uh, individuals involved with Freekine who like to make videos and, and uh, report on officials, they don't care about getting the, the scoop from uh, some inside source. They care about actual accountability and actual truth, and that is the, the enemy of this, uh, this shadow sort of government that is going on. And you guys uh, can, re- you can relate to that because you're one of the guys behind Freekine TV, which is available on a weekly basis over at Freekine.com, which is a great example of independent local media people that are willing to to ask the tough questions and do the reporting that the regular big media guys aren't more coming up here hour three is on the way you take control this is free talk live 
This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk live, and we call it that because you're free to call in, talk about anything you want, and we do it live seven nights per week. Had a guy uh, from a radio station ask me uh, about we had best stuffs on the weekend. Like, no, 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 nope. no best stuff on this show. Seven nights a week, all live, live free every talk, night. live. Yeah. <laughs> Most holidays too. That's true. Uh, as soon as if we can bribe a board operator into coming into work, we will be on on Christmas Day. Since we, it's called pay. Yeah, I guess bribes probably not the right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're you, you're incentivizing them to not take the day off. Though. Sure, but I mean, a bribe suggests that you're getting them to do Corruption. something that's wrong or yeah. bad. Good and, point. Good yeah, point. not really that. Well, for some people it might feel wrong to take it. You know, to work on a holiday. I don't. I don't know. Some people it feels wrong to work. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. A board operator says he considers it an award when he uh, is working for us on. Christmas Day and such. So yeah, we'll be here that's for just you. Him, that's just him going for a larger award. Yeah. Award. <laughs> wow. Good and for him. You can of course take control of the airwaves at eight five five four fifty free. Still much to discuss here tonight, including news about the TSA. But of course, you can bring up anything that you want. Uh, the TSA officers apparently in Miami have been accused of trashing a South Beach hotel room and repeatedly firing a, a gun. According to Miami police, uh, two TSA officers partied a little too hard on Tuesday night, trashing their South Beach hotel room, then picked up a semi-automatic handgun and shot six rounds out the window. (laughs) Wow. People are killed every year in the United States. And this is, by the way, big in Mexico to shoot guns in the air, um, Central America. And people are killed all over the world by people shooting guns in the air. Bullets go up. Then they come down. Right. And there was a, uh, on Halloween night in Atlanta a couple of years ago, some little boy was, little four or five year old boy was killed in church, sitting in church in the pew. Bullet came in through the roof and killed him. Oh my gosh. Wow. Don't do this. If you want to shoot a gun off in celebration, use blanks, shoot into the ground. Right. Do whatever it is. Do not shoot bullets into the air. Or at anything. I mean, it doesn't even sound like they were shooting him in the air. One bullet pierced a $1,500 hurricane impact-resistant window to nearby New York. (laughs) Nearby Barney's New York penetrated a wall and tore into some jeans in the closed store's stock room. So they were just shooting out the window. According to store manager, according to a store manager, no one was injured. Thankfully, Jeffrey Piccolella and Nicholas Anthony Puccio, in their mid twenties, were arrested just before midnight. The Palm Palm Beach County men have been charged with criminal mischief and use of a firearm while under the influence. In a city known for wild late-night behavior, merely tossing speakers, lamps, a phone, ice chest, and a vase out the second-floor room at the Hotel Shelley might not have drawn much attention. So that's what else they yes, did. right. I uh, got it. But according to an incident report, a front desk clerk and security guard called police at about 11 p.m. And uh, after they heard 11 p.m.? Well, they were lit up. Lit up light, lit up high, and lit up early. Yeah, Following, yeah. Followed by three to five more shots after a few seconds. When the clerk went back inside the hotel, a guest told him someone was throwing furniture and bric-a-brac out the window of room 217. <laughs> bric-a-brac. <laughs> really? Someone used that phrase? Yeah. In a, That's a, a great phrase. Detective Vivian. Chesh-kiss. Yeah. 
Vivian Hernandez, police spokes bureaucrat, said that officers arrived and after a shell casing was found on the ground amid broken room furnishings, the SWAT team was called out. Wow. Investigators went into the men's room and took them to police headquarters in a recorded interview. So the, the SWAT team was called out, but investigators went into the room. Does that mean the SWAT team didn't get there in time? <laughs> no, they just know. knocked on the doors like, the, are you kidding me? I'm not waiting for the SWAT their guns team. out or something? They're like, they just were way too drunk? I mean, what, what was that about? It's just a waste. It seems like a waste of a deployment to me. But uh, They're always looking for a reason to bring the SWAT team out. I mean, some guy shooting out a hotel window. I mean, it's better than a drug raid. I'd but it says investigators went in the room. Yeah. I mean, investigators sounds like the uh, the well, more experienced guys went up and knocked the door. It sounds that way, but it could just no, be the no. way. That- I think it's just the lingo. They just add that, that word in there. Oh, well, let's call them investigators. We've used the, the word police officer too many times All in this right. article. I think that JJ's right on that. This very well could just be the uh, the article's author here trying to uh, call the SWAT team investigators. In a recorded interview, one of the TSA agents told the detective that he and his buddy were drinking before returning to their hotel room. He allegedly said they opened a window, tossed several objects out, and then grabbed a three eighty caliber pistol from his luggage and took turns shooting out the window. <laughs> Puccio said the story was untrue, so his friend said... What his other his buddy said one thing, and then his friend said that's not true. See, there's furniture on the lawn and shell casings, but what he said isn't true. <laughs> Hotel management said four hundred dollars worth of furniture was destroyed. The uh, two men were booked at a five hundred fifty uh, five hundred excuse me five thousand five hundred dollar bond each. TSA spokes bureaucrat. I wonder if this had been you or I, what our bureau, what our uh, b- uh, you know, bail would have been. That's a good question. Did they get preference because they work for the feds? TSA spokes bureaucrat wrote in an email that the two men are part-time officers who have worked one and two years respectively for the agency. They were not in Miami Beach on TSA business. They say, quote, TSA holds its employees to the highest professional and ethical standards. We will review the facts and take appropriate action as necessary. Could you could you see this scene going happening? It's like one guy's like, hey, man, I got a gun. We're all wasted. Let's just play with the gun. And other guy's like, well, we shouldn't do that, man. It's like bad to go shoot. And go, hey, we work for the government, man. <laughs> we could do it whatever we want. We're, yeah, the government workers, man. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I ch- doubt that the uh, <laughs> I, I doubt they talked about it, but you know, they I know think it. they did. They Two it. drunk guys? Are you kidding me? They're like, yeah, man, let's shoot the window. I'll I- never figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that people who have power know they have power, and yeah. they know that people that have power respect people with power, and so I suspect that they, and rightly, I think that they probably got a lower bail. They shot a gun out of a hotel Someone room in a populated died. city. Yeah. I mean, I. I the, you and I might have been charged with attempted murder. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. It's certainly reckless. And uh, and who knows what the average person would have been charged with. So, yeah, let's let's compare hotel room trashings. You know, Johnny Depp or some uh, ho- Hollywood star, Ch- Charlie uh, – what's, uh, what's the guy Sheen? that's always getting drunk? Yeah, Charlie Sheen. Uh, has he trashed hotel rooms? I don't know. I think he has. So, Ch- Charlie <laughs> Sheen – and uh, and then you got these TSA guys, and then just the average drunken hotel room lout. Uh, you know what are the what are well, the, the trashing of a hotel room? You're probably going to get charged for the trashing of a hotel room. Yeah, but shooting out of a window, that's a pretty that's big deal. That that is that is above and beyond, definitely. So toll free number here eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And of course, we'll never find out the rest of the story. Oh, right, the, the TSA. Paul Harvey's dead. The TSA spokesperson. Well, there's that, but also the TSA spokesperson here is saying we will review the facts and take appropriate action as necessary. But no one's ever going to follow up on this. The this uh, whoever wrote, wrote this article. Well, the TSA doesn't want this to hit the the 
the press again. No, of course not. No. So odds are good these guys probably aren't going to lose their jobs because it's very rare that you'll see government bureaucrats lose their jobs for poor behavior uh, in public. They'll get maybe a tongue lashing, uh, if that, and that'll be about it. Oh, I think the TSA will drop these guys. You think so? Absolutely. Because they're part-timers? But they're just not worth the keeping around. I mean, yeah, really? I think Mark has a point. I, I, you know, these guys aren't worth keeping around. They're so low on the totem pole anyway. They're- if you do hear this story, it's because they kept them. Um, hear anything more about this story, it's because they kept them around. They, they should absolutely drop these guys. They'd be fools to keep them around. So, uh, again, here, uh, 855-453, when Charlie Sheen trashed a hotel room. The, the TSA agent is the lowest on the, the low end of the federal totem pole. Like which bottom feeders. It, yeah, and I mean, they're, they're not, they don't reach the level of deputy in, in a county. Um, so I don't think that people have a great deal of respect for them and are going to give them a great deal of deference. I think that the, mostly the deference they got was their bail. Charlie Sheen, by the way, trashed a hotel room, damage totaled approximately seven thousand dollars. So, when you know when you're a Hollywood star, you can do a little more damage. No, it, does, it means nothing to him with all the mov- yeah. movie residuals he gets from rentals and stuff like that. I, I don't imagine it's a big deal. All right. Well, there's other. That, that's just that's just the uh, the the residuals for one month from Cadence. Uh, those aren't the only airport employees that are uh, behaving badly. Mark, you've got a related story. Yeah, apparently. But it's not about the TSA. Well, sort of it is. Sort of? JFK, CBSLocal.com, NewYork.CBSLocal.com. Think twice before you check your luggage at JFK International Airport. Cash, jewelry, electronics, and valuables are being stolen from passengers' baggage at a staggering rate. Uh It's happening as a result of inside jobs that aren't being stopped. CBS 2's Marsha Kramer reports exclusively. Um, Apparently, there's more than than 200 thefts. Per day. What? 200 Ka-ching! thefts per day. That's at JFK. crazy. It is. A and crazy. it hasn't stopped. No. And what? I'll tie this in as to why it's the TSA's fault in a minute. All right, great. We'll hear about it. 855-450-FREE. And take your calls as well, uh, whether you want to share your bad TSA experiences or anything that's on your mind. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Talk live. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free number here, 855-453-free. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. More airport employees behaving badly, but first, you can uh, visit us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You can go to bbs.freetalklive.com, interact with other Free Talk Live listeners there, and get show notes of the stuff that we talk about on these airwaves. Uh, you can go to bbs.freetalklive.com. Do all that for free. You put a bunch of cash in your suitcase, and air, airline, or excuse me, airport employees certainly can take it. But one thing they can't take is your bitcoins. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service to abide by. Anyone can download the free bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world without needing permission from any bank or government. To learn how, visit weusecoins.org. 
It's WeUseCoins.org. And now, thanks to BitInstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit BitInstant.com. All right, so the news is out of JFK Airport in New York City, where, Mark, you're saying that 200 thefts are being reported per day. That's right. In that people are losing stuff out of their bags that they're checking? Yes, that's right. That's uh, insane. It's, it's great. Yeah, I, I personally would, would never travel with anything valuable in Absolutely my bag. Absolutely not. Nothing. If you're going to travel with something valuable, pack it up, insure it, and ship it via FedEx. Yep. And then get it when, you know, send it to the hotel. Law enforcement forces told Kramer that thefts at the airport have increased at a staggering and alarming rate. There are now more than 200 a day, and that's every day. Baggage handlers, jetway workers, and even security people are all in on the ongoing scam to steal you blind. The bell of the airplane has become a flea market for airport employees. They go in there and go through the luggage unencumbered and unchecked. Wow. (laughs) Apparently completely unchecked, because if there are 200 complaints coming in per day, then it's not like... It's not like you don't know where this is happening. It's not like you just, oh, where did I misplace my phone? Or you've lost something in in your daily travels. This is all happening in one specific location. So it's pretty clear that the investigation doesn't have to go beyond the airport terminal. Why is it they can't track this down? Why is it they they can't find out who's doing this? Are are there no security checks on these people? They don't have the security. Maybe the security is doing it, too, is what the accusation is. I see. What we're seeing out there is really anything that isn't nailed down is being stolen. For that matter, I would caution someday if if the the, the tires weren't missing. I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised someday the tires weren't missing from the aircraft. Um, So, I mean, this is crazy. Thieves are so successful. They engage in luggage profiling. They go after the most expensive luggage, but they also check out where you you came from. Mm. So you live in Scarsdale or Muttontown or North. North Woodmere, I have no idea where these places are, you're more likely to have your bags opened up and possibly things stolen. It's really occurring on the tarmac. It's really occurring on the tarmac or as it's being loaded into the aircraft, Shay said. Wow. Once they found the goodies, Shay said that um, there are many ways to make off with them. Sometimes they get loaded into the back of one of the vehicles out at the airport. They're searched um, through. They can be discarded as rubbish. Other times they're leaving the airport grounds. In other words, thieves steal your bags, but as a passenger, you never find that out. The airlines say they're just lost in transit. The airlines oh, don't they're just jacking want to the whole bag. What's that? They're some, just jacking the whole bag in some yeah. cases? Sometimes they don't want to report thieves' thefts because it's bad for business. They don't want to talk oh, yeah. to reporters about it because that even if your luggage isn't stolen, you could still be a target. Fares go up clearly because of this. It's a cost of doing business. They pay out and they hide the fact that these items are stolen. Most travelers have no idea what's going on. You know, um, you're now scared. Now you're scared the heck out of me, as as a Sutton Place resident, uh, Lewis Polk. I'm surprised I didn't know it was so bad. Added uh, another another person here. You know, these people are getting their stuff stolen. A lot of times, this is jewelry that uh, you know people feel feel very close to, and I mean. You know, is it related to the TSA in some way? The TSA, I think the the way you can – the TSA wants to be able to go through your bag. It used to be right. you put little locks on your luggage. I know that the younger people listening don't remember this, but you used to put locks on yes. your luggage in order to keep people from going through them. Now, this wouldn't – this doesn't do anything but keep a thief from 
if they want to get into your luggage, they have to cut it cut open it. Yeah. rather than just being able to zip it up, take a look. And if they don't like it, zip it back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and this is probably they were, you know, they did this profiling. They found out where the good places are and how to find the good luggage and stuff like that. They probably started by unzipping luggage. And this probably wouldn't have gotten so bad if it wasn't for the fact that the TSA makes it so that you can't lock your luggage. If you do lock your luggage, TSA is going to cut the lock off. Right. Well, right. So the TSA does have guys in the luggage room checking through things. So the TSA could very well be involved in this, too. They could. I mean, I don't know if they are, but it's their rules that have uh, allowed this to go on, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, their rules about ba- you know, your, your luggage, they tell you that you know, your luggage is going to be your, – your lock's going to be cut off and your luggage is going to be gone. Well, this, this is just one more straw on the camel's back as far as destroying the idea of the security theater around flying. And, and the, the theater you go through with the pat-down or, or irradiation or uh, molestation, depending on which line you're in. And then, of course, your luggage is subject to being rifled through and, and stolen from. So it's like – there, there is no security at the airport. Well, clearly also, they can't even keep you secure from their own employees. Right. <laughs> they, and you can't carry the gun on your check baggage. You can't carry it on you. And you, if you check it, it's going to get stolen. Yeah. I mean, that's how crazy this is. So you don't really have an option when it comes to, to carrying a weapon. You can either not carry your weapon. I mean, th- these, these things cost between you know, 300 to $3,000, depending yeah. on what it is. Right. And... They they can get quite a bit for that in the black market, which I'm sure these guys they, they can only have so many pieces of jewelry. I'm sure they've they're connected at this point. I don't know how they're going to bust this ring. I hope they do bust this ring at some point. But it, yeah, it's the TSA's rules that uh, caused this to happen. I, I honestly, I think uh, people should stop frequenting. I mean, honestly, there's there's people who have to travel for business sure and their livelihood, of course. But, um, you know, the airports that have a big problem with this, just fly out of somewhere else and don't give those those airports your dollars, you know. There is a second airport. How are you going to find out, though? If it wasn't for this story, nobody would know. They just think, oh, well, luggage got lost. I think more of a a consumer watchdog sort of website where people could uh, post their claims about certain issues they've had. I I don't know. I I think that this sort of information needs to get out there and needs to get uh, spread amongst people who travel so that they can make a more informed decision. Absolutely. 200 per day. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? It would have sounded more accurate if it were 200 per month, but 200 per day is insane. Insane. And the idea I mean, that they can't do anything to stop it, really, is, it does show that either the security crew is in on this or they're completely inept and incompetent. I mean, how hard is it to set up video cameras within these areas? I mean, they don't already have monitoring behind the scenes. There's no. There's plenty of cameras out there in the terminal, but, but not in the baggage there are cops area? crawling all over the airport you're telling me the nypd can't set up these cameras and right. watch this stuff or they just don't wanna no i think what they need to do is is hold some people accountable and then you know the rest of the individuals there are going to get the idea that well if we do this we're going to be held accountable i think obviously right. it starts with that and uh, making the individuals who have lost things whole that's the other part of the, the solution is well, the airlines are making them whole. They're just charging everybody who that's, flies. Yeah, but more. see, that's not the solution. You're, yeah. you're charging all of your customers for the the malintent of your employees, and it, that isn't how you solve the problem. No. Toll free number. The here. cops are supposed to fix these problems, and the cops don't want to do it. Clearly, eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, and that's because they don't have the incentive to. What what benefit are the uh, the cops going to get if they manage to bust this ring? They don't, they don't pick up anything from that. They don't get a bonus. More on the way here. 855-450-FREE. That is free talk. This is free.
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything that you want. Toll-free number here, 855-453. Still plenty of time for you and your thoughts. 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Don't forget, you can uh, learn more about what JJ's up to. I mentioned he is uh, the producer behind Free Keen TV, and uh, he's also put together his own YouTube channel to promote uh, his business, uh, which is relatively new. And, uh, you're, That's right. You're hitting the scene, and you're uh, running with, uh, went ahead with doing some video production work for folks. Uh, you've called the business Starfall Media, and there is a YouTube channel that folks can access. If you Google Starfall Media, will that be the... the I believe it, yes. Comes it up? comes up as one of the YouTube uh, results and like, the third result. Or, or if you go to YouTube and look for Starfall That's, Media. Yes, yeah. And it basically just has a demo role uh, of the various things that I do at video, and I'm I'm basically looking to do more polished um, advertisement as well as music videos and um, that sort of stuff, message videos. Awesome, and and I think it's really cool that you kind of got the ball rolling in this because you were doing video activism kind of work and uh, really got proficient with doing uh, video editing and that sort of thing and decided to, hey, it'd be cool to make money off of this talent. Yeah, I've been... Uh Basically working with Freaking TV for almost a year now, and um, you know we're on episode 36 this week, and so there's a lot of experience gained from that, and I hope to parlay that experience into more video work. It's the art form that I like to to use right now. I was a musician for many years, and and now video combines the uh, the music and the video portion, and so it's a multi-dimensional art form for me. So to uh, get in touch with you, what's the best way? So if they find Starful Media's channel on YouTube and they like what they see as far as your demo reel is concerned, is there contact information in the demo reel? Um, I, I have a contact information, yeah, on the uh, the information part of that page. Has, in the description? Has, has my email address, and uh, or they can send me a message through through YouTube as well. Perfect. So yeah, either way, it'll, ha- it'll give you my email. I don't want to read it off because it's... Uh, it's not an easy email address to just remember. Right. XR forty nine. No, it's, it's JJ slash okay. at Gmail, but slash. You have to know how to spell. Yeah, you have to know how to spell it. So. All right. So, uh, so once again, Starfall Media on YouTube. Uh, go and check out JJ's uh, work. And yes. of course, as you're doing more of it, I imagine you'll be posting more videos there. Oh to yes, the channel. definitely. Excellent. All right. So eight five five four fifty free is the toll free number here too. Your phone calls and your thoughts, and then JJ is going to tell us about. Uh, some other news regarding the FBI and the alleged terror plots that they have been supposedly uncovering. Uh, first, we go to Kenny listening in Indy to WXNT. Kenny, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hey, I just wanted to weigh in on this uh, airline luggage theft. All right. I about a, about a year ago, I was flying from Indianapolis uh, back to Portland, Oregon. And uh, I get my medicine from the VA, and I take Vicodin and Valium. And I had it in my carry-on luggage. And since it could be like they claim it could be some kind of like, I don't know, uh, uh, explosive. Yep. They, Explosi- they, they exploding Vicodin, right? Into my, uh, to, the, to the stuff that goes downstairs, the, the check-in baggage. Mm-hmm. Right. 
I got back from Indianapolis. I got I got my bags out, and my medicine was gone. Uh-huh, yep. Yeah, well, those I things will sell down. for 20 bucks a pill or something like that. 5, 10, 20 bucks a pill, depending on how many milligrams of drugs are in them but on the black is, market. This is, what, this is what gets me. I call, it takes like a, a letter from a congressman <laughs> to get an early refill from the veterans' hospital. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's that hard to get an early refill. Right. And uh, uh, I called Southwest Air, or say, I guess I hope I could say their name. I called the airline I was traveling on. And you know what the lady told me? Oh, this happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, for real, you just told me that without even blinking an eye. This happens all right. the time. This happens and, all uh, the time. Hey, buddy, comes with the territory. If you don't like it, then screw off. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's what I got. So she had, like, some prefabbed form she uh, faxed to my doctor. Um, uh, and I had to jump through the VA hoops to try to get my medicine refilled. And Jeez. then they sent me a $25 off. Uh, my next flight with them uh, coupon. <laughs> twenty five bucks so, is all you got for all, all that 20, all that medication. Twenty five bucks, and it was at least nine hours at the VA. Wow! Trying to, trying to get trying to get my early refill. Because, Incredible. You know, and I'm not. I don't know what what role the airlines or the airports or the you know local police or whatever have in this, but I mean, really. It's that hard to put up some cameras? I mean, just the cameras themselves well, not would only, deter people. Yeah, but you, not only do you have to put up the cameras, but you have to monitor them, and you have to You don't actually it. have to monitor them. Well, if people know that no one's monitoring the cameras, they're going to find out. But we, you can go wait, back wait, Mark, and look. We've already established that it's not just one type of individual. It's not just the baggage handlers, per se. Sure. It's the security. Put them all over. Maybe it's a pervasive problem through all the employees there, and they're going to just back each other up. The thin blue line follows and in nearly all of these government-sanctioned positions of security and, and uh, all that crap. Well, you know, what I find the, the, almost the most disturbing is they they accuse me, an American citizen, I don't you know what does a terrorist look like, of course, but they, they accuse me of having something that could be dangerous right. um, only so they could get it out of my possession. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where somebody could steal it from me. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, it's an age-old uh, trick. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Kenny, so thanks for sharing that, man. Anything else on your mind tonight? No, nah, that'll do it. Thanks. Appreciate for hearing from you the out show. there. Yep, eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. I mean, whoever was screening the baggage on that particular day flipped his bag open and basically saw. I mean, however, depending on how many pills he had sitting in there, if he had ten pills in there, that's uh, you know two hundred dollars on the black market. Yeah. Yep. So might as well be cash sitting in there. That's right. It's a heck of a lot easier to sell than your grandma's brooch. Toll free number here again, 855-450-FREE. And uh, so, you know, you're welcome to tell us your uh, TSA health stories or whatever's on your mind. In other news, uh, JJ, there's news uh, regarding the FBI and their supposed busts of all these terrorists. That's right. Now, this story comes out of the Guardian uh, newspaper out of uh, England. Because it's the only way to get good reporting. And that's the point I was going to make, is that if you want to find reporting on the FBI here in the United States, you're going to have to look to outside sources. So this story, is uh, the title is, The Ex-FBI Informant with a Change of Heart. Hmm. There is, quote, there is no real hunt. It's fixed, unquote. Craig Monolith says he did not balk when his FBI handlers gave him the okay to have sex with the Muslim women his undercover operation was targeting, nor at the time did he shy away from recording their pillow talk. Quote, they said, if it would enhance the intelligence, go ahead and have sex. So I did, unquote. 
Mollusk told the Guard Nancy described his year as a confidential FBI informant sent on a secret mission to infiltrate Southern Californian mosques. What kind of terrorists i mean I, I i i muslim women are supposed to be chased if you're able to have sex with them what are the, how are they going to know about the good terrorists i don't know i'm, I'm a little befuddled by this if, well then again if you're like getting paid to, if, Muslim- if you're getting paid to have sex with with you know women whatever she well. looks suspicious <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The Muslim women were American women here in the United States, and they were just practicing Muslim. So it was a... a Not practicing that hard, I guess. (laughs) Practicing something. (laughs) Um, So going back to the story. (laughs) This is Ian's joke for the month. Oh, it's good stuff. It is an astonishing admission that goes to the heart of the intelligence surveillance of Muslim communities in America in the years after 9-11. While police and FBI leaders have insisted that they are acting to defend America from a terrorist attack, civil liberties groups have insisted they have repeatedly gone too far and treated an entire religious group as suspicious. Mm. Monsiel, I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing his name, but it's a very strange name. Monsiel was involved in one of the most controversial tactics, the use of confidential informants in so-called entrapment cases. This is where suspects carry out or plot fake terrorist attacks at the request or under the close revision of an FBI undercover operative using secret informants. Often those informants have serious criminal reports or are supplied with financial motivation to net suspects. Yep, they're they're given, you know, bounties essentially for the arrests. They'll give they'll get a certain amount of money for every arrest that they're sort of involved in. That's a really perverse incentive. And these aren't police officers. These are informants. Yeah. In the case of the Newburgh uh, Four, where four men were convicted for a fake terror attack on Jewish targets in the Bronx, a confidential informant offered 200. Uh, okay, I want to make this clear. A confidential informant offered $250,000, a free holiday, and a car to one suspect for help with the attack. Yeah. That's how he bribed him. That's a lot of money and, and a car. Hold that thought. We're going to come back with more on this in a moment because for longtime listeners of this show, this is old news in that we know the FBI has been ginning up terrorism. We'll come back. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Moments remain here, but enough time for you and your thoughts. If you dial in now at 855-450-FREE, that number is brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-3733. And what is SACL CAI? SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. If you have a business, whether that business is you know a, a service business or a doctor's office or a bank or a utility of some sort or whatever it is that, that you do, uh, SACL CAI can help with your accounts receivable. They have the best equipment money can buy so that your customer's business is handled as efficiently as possible. They record every call. They treat your customers with respect. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. 
So we've been talking over the years about each one of these instances of alleged terrorism that the news media has been parroting the government press releases about saying, look, see, the government really is out there keeping you safe. They brought all these terrorists to justice. They were going to blow up people and kill folks. And when you start doing the uh, the research into these matters and you start reading the details about it. Most of these people were on the FBI payroll. They were coerced into what they were doing in some way, shape, or form. Some of them had their, uh, you know, their 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 uh, romantic relationships were, you know, FBI informants. They'd have jobs scuttled by the FBI. They'd be given all kinds of uh, benefits. They'd be, you know, cajoled into these situations. Yep. It's amazing. Right. So basically, they in, in most of these cases, they find some dupe uh, who's willing to be influenced, easily influenced by uh, by you know. He's certain- mad. FBI folks, yeah, for, and legitimately. I mean, mad for, for legitimate reasons. And well, they- the, yeah, in this story, it's a little different, um, as you'll find out. Uh, basically, this this guy, Montiel... Uh, well, this is an FBI. He worked wor- he, for he the FBI. Informant, he, yeah. he basically... I, I'm not going to have enough time to get through it all, so I'm going to get to the parts and just explain how he got involved. He was working out at a gym, and so there were some off-duty officers there working out with him. He started talking about how, at a point in his life, he was down after a divorce, and he was uh, running fraudulent tra- checks, and um, you know he was involved in some of the crime, underground crime of the situation in that area, and he provided them with some information about the crime that was go- the crime people he dealt with. Mm-hmm. Now that he wasn't in that anymore, and so that that information was valuable. So the uh, the ex officers were like, well, hey, how about you work with us in the uh, you know some undercover work and do some informant work, and then he had some training. Uh, basically uh, with the FBI, and um, well, getting into it here, I'm going to continue with the article because it starts to uh, to, to talk about Right before we went to break, they were talking about how he was approved to sleep with uh, women in a, a mosque, basically, in, in the hopes yeah. of getting some sort of information out of them. Exactly. He was uh, openly recording, not openly, but he was recording basically all the conversations he had, and um, now Montiel has regrets about his involvement in a scheme called Operation Flex, Sitting in the kitchen of his modest home near Irving, Los Angeles, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, Montiel said the FBI should publicly apologize for his fruitless quest to root out Islamic radicals in Orange County, though he does not hold out much hope that that will happen. Quote, they don't have the humility to admit a mistake, he said. Mm -hmm. Montiel's story sounds like something out of a pulp thriller. Under the supervision of two FBI agents, the muscle-bound fitness instructor created a fictitious French-Syrian alter ego called Farouz Aziz. Uh, Farouk Aziz, in this disguise, in 2006, Montiel started hanging, hanging around mosques in Orange County, the long stretch of suburbia south of L.A., and pretended to convert to Islam. He was, talk, he was tasked with befriending Muslims and blanket recording their conversations. All this information was then fed back to the FBI, who told Montiel to act like a radical himself to lure out Islamic sympathizers. Yet far from exceeding, Montiel eventually so unnerved Orange County Muslim community that they got a restraining order against him. And in an ironic twist, they also reported him to the FBI. So this guy is following his orders. Yes. He's told, okay, you're in on the mosque. You're converted to Islam. Now start talking crazy and start, uh, you know, advocating for violence and see what happens. And it didn't work. 
because these Muslim folks that he was around are not violent people, and they don't want to be around violent people, so they they tell tell on him to the FBI. Yeah, this has happened over and over and over again with their informants that they stick in these uh, these mosques as they get snitched on all the time, but they don't care. You know what difference does it make if you know they're not really going to get in any trouble? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit. He said the FBI had two basic aims. Firstly, they aimed to uncover potential militants. Secondly, they could also use any information Montiel discovered, like an affair or someone being gay, to turn targeted people into becoming FBI informants. Nice. None of it seemed to unnerve his FBI bosses. Not even when he carried out a suggestion to begin seducing Muslim women and recording them. Yeah, right. <laughs> Carried out the suggestion. And Montiel's uh, tough job. Yeah, and uh, talking about how his, uh, you know, using this, uh, working with the government, he says, Montiel's own attitude evolved into something very similar. I was untouchable. I'm a felon. I'm on probation, and the police cannot arrest me. How empowering is that? It's very empowering. You begin to have a certain arrogance about it. It's almost taunting, mm-hmm. they told me. Quote, you are untouchable, he said. They told him that. They told him that, yes. Wow. Yeah, he's not going to get any trouble. Right. He's got the FBI on his side. Any local police give him any trouble. Just call in a favor. Yeah. Well, and he was not even a favor. Yeah, and he's earning more The FBI than... doesn't do favors for local police. The FBI, the no, local I'm saying police... he would call in a favor from the FBI. Like if the it's cops arrested fa- him for something, oh, I see. For something he, would, he would call in the FBI and they'd get him out of it. But he was also well paid. At the peak of Operation Flex, Mancio was earning more than $11,000 a month. Woo! But he was wrong about being untouchable. Far from uncovering radical terror networks, Mancio ended traumatizing the community was sent into instead of embracing calls for jihad or his questions about suicide bombers or his claims to have access to weapons Montiel was instead reported to the fbi as a potentially da- a dangerous extremist a straining order was also taken out against him in june 2007 by asking him to stay away from the islamic center of irving irving <laughs> yeah our, our operation flex was a bust and Montiel had to kill off his own life as farouk aziz the story did not end there. In circumstances that remain murky, Montiel then sued the FBI over the over his treatment, claiming that they abandoned him once the operation operation was over. Excuse me. He also ended up in jail after Irving police prosecuted him for defrauding two women, including a former girlfriend, as part of an illegal trade in human growth hormone at a fitness clubs. Mm. Apparently, Jeez. he wasn't quite as untouchable. As he claims those. Hoped. Yeah, he claims those actions were carried out as part of another secret sting operation, yes. which he was forced to carry out. I'm sure. So. Um, Basically, you know, he he says now Montiel says he set up uh, some uh, he's trying to some people are trying to blackmail the Afghani into being an informant with, through the FBI. They're trying to like use use his ties that he's gotten to blackmail people and turn people into informants and how the FBI is basically just using people to, you know, continue their 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 lust for cases and and basically giving their own existence a, a reason, basically. Giving, right. you know, creating this to, illusion. To justify their own yeah. budgets and justify future uh, increases well, in the, those budgets. What I found so telling in that is with the uh, the quarter million dollars and the car and the trip that he offered one person just to participate in this with him. I yeah. mean, this was just one payoff for one individual. That's a lot of money. And he was getting, what, $11,000 a month was his uh, rate from the yep. FBI there for a while. It's huge. That's pretty sweet money. Right. And, and, as, you know, and they find a person who's a felon who's already marginalized in society who has all these uh, – he's on probation. Right. How many felons are going to have a chance to make $11,000 a month? Exactly. Yeah. Not only that, but also 
being told by the FBI that you're untouchable. Right. How many talk show hosts make eleven thousand dollars a month? I mean, that's huge, I don't. huge money. They need to, the FBI needs to get over here and uh, snitch on you people. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it's interesting. I think the most interesting part about the story, besides the fact that he's kind of revealing the inside scoop of how things go on, is that the the Muslim uh, community ostracized this guy. Exactly. Like he came into the, to their community thinking he was going to be able to gin up some. Oh uh, yeah, they're all crazy bombers. Right. And then whoops! Oh, you uh, you're violent. Well. We'd Get rather not you be around. How about you leave? Okay, look, we don't want you in our mosque anymore. He keeps coming back. All right, restraining order time. You know, they really were serious about right. this guy not being around them. Yep. Apparently, some of the chicks dug it. Well, apparently. Well, yeah, but who knows what, what he you know could have lured them with. There's some false claims. And, I mean, he's being, you know, looked at... Uh, investigated for fraud with two of these women so well, some people are into um, guys with money so that could have been a factor there. could have been, been flashing have been. cash around sure he was <laughs> sir so, had plenty to flash around so basically the, the the moral of the story is this the government worked with this this guy to create scenarios or to, to flesh out scenarios that that was their goal was to flesh them out mm-hmm. but they they didn't flesh out any scenarios they were the ones their informant was the one who was radical he was the extremist right and he was the one that was out of line yeah. so it's, it's like <laughs> It's completely backfired. It's that the government, you know, they can't really do much of anything right. Well, and, and this is what's gone on with most of these cases is that these people, uh, that the FBI, in whatever way they found them, have been on their payroll. They've been under their thumb. They've been supplied. They've been armed all by the From FBI. From the word go. Paid, yeah. armed, and supplied by the FBI. And the Muslims did the right thing in this case. Somebody comes around your activist movement, starts to talk about violence. Give them a chance to change their tune, and if they don't, get away from them. Bad news. All right, we'll see you uh, online in the meantime between now and tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. Call it democracy. I had songs from Raja Mojo. Buy them today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at cdbaby.com.